0: tnbc's comic book workshop brought to you by panel by panel magazine and our lovely supporters on patreon i'm jason hammonds a writer who also draws and i'm ken heidelman an artist who also writes we're both making comics while still
1: learning how to make comics After digging through libraries, the internet, and fighting mind-controlled Justice League team members for their precious knowledge on making comics, we thought
0: it might be a good idea to share our notes and hopefully help you make your own comics as well. Alright, Jason, what is on the agenda this episode? Kent, today we are... Talking to uh, a writer, or at least I will uh, have already talked to a writer named Ed Brisson. Uh, he uh, he is a, a a big old big old Marvel boy. He's one of those Marvel boys you hear about. Um, he's done a bunch of work, right. but uh, a lot of his uh, notable work of late has been uh, on uh, comics like Old Man Logan, um, Iron Fist, Cable, uh, uh, Extermination, um, a bunch of a bunch of that that Marvel stuff. He's also got. Um, a few books that he's done with Image, um, a book called uh, The Violent, which was really freaking awesome. I definitely recommend checking it out. It was a five-issue miniseries that I freaking loved um, with uh, Adam Gorham was the uh, artist on that. Um, but he's a he's a great writer. He's from the Great White North, uh, like so many of our uh, modern masters are, it seems. Um, it was a good conversation. We really kind of got into it on on craft. I think this was one of the more uh technical interviews that i've uh done in a while and so it was it was a good time Tastes I think good already anyone who wants to write uh is really going to enjoy that one um and then uh, after the ad break kent after uh, after the conversation with ed uh we will be coming back and, and having a bit of a free form discussion uh there's a few things and i want to talk, talk about <laughs> a few a few things that i kind of oh yeah shop talk that's yep you're right shop talk kent Little shop talk. Little shop talk is what we're what we're calling it. Uh, any we'll we'll see if you guys like this type of uh, this type of episode, this type of format. Let us know if you'd like us to do more um, shop talk episodes like this. Uh, but basically, we're kind of just starting from a certain place and and having a, a big conversation about comics and craft and and ideas and that type of thing. Uh, we haven't done it yet, and we haven't done it before, so um, we'll we'll see how it goes. We don't even know right now. It's really exciting, Kent, being on this end of it. It's so a little a little free form uh so we'll, we'll we'll see where this boat uh, sails
1: to and if we if we like the destination
0: and if you'd like you can come sail away with us you know mm, like mm, the song no nope 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 yep nope it's, it's a it's a song <laughs>
1: music already. uh let's, let's 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 roll roll and go Man, this is you know bad signs for the future already but let's let's do this
0: yeah let's let's uh, kick it on off uh, to uh my interview with ed Prison.
2: Ed Brisson. I'm writer on Iron Fist, uh, Cable, and Old Man Logan. Awesome. Uh, did you did you ever
0: take like a, a creative writing class or did you ever go to school for writing, have any formal education?
2: Some. Uh, I actually started out wanting to be an artist. So I went to fine arts uh, back in the day. And um, I only initially started writing because I didn't know any writers and had no way of getting in touch with writers, so I started writing out of necessity and that it just became one of those things that I enjoyed doing a lot more than I did drawing. And it took me a long time to realize that. I actually wrote and drew for about 15 years before I stopped drawing and just focused on the writing. But in that time, I did take creative writing courses. I did take a lot of film screenwriting courses, which were the closest sort of proxy writing course I could find at that time, short story writing courses, and a few others and lots of, you know, English and post-secondary as well.
0: Awesome. Uh, is, there, is there a certain, like, book or, or sort of learning material that you find yourself uh, constantly going back to?
2: Um, I don't know if there's a like, specific book. There are some, there's a couple, like, comics that I keep next to my, my um, computer when I'm writing that I'll flip through for inspiration. Uh, one is a comic book by a, a European artist and writer named GP the book's called They Found the Car it's out of print right now it's a little bit hard to find well worth it if you can track it down it's one of my favorite self-contained it's about 30 some odd page story um, I keep um, the first Black Widow uh, issue by Somni and Wade uh, right next to my uh, my uh, computer yeah, the, the it's uh, mostly silent but just uh, the action and the way they choreographed action I love just keeping that for reference and uh, I've got a stack of uh, uh, Punisher Max and Craven's um, Last Hunt, which is like one of my favorite all time sort of Marvel stories. Uh, I keep close by. And other than that, you know, I just, uh, whatever. I just, read a t- I just read a ton. I read a ton of comics, a ton of novels, a ton of nonfiction, constantly listen to audiobooks.
0: There you go. Uh, That's awesome. Do you do you have a, a specific approach uh, for like plotting? You know, when you when you sit down to plot like an issue or whatever, do you have a specific process for that?
2: I wish that I did. As a, I usually find like a kernel of an idea, something like just like it, it's either like um, a character or just one little thing that happens or is happening, and how the characters have to deal with that. And I. It used to be when I was doing creator own stuff, I would let this stuff, you know, gestate for, like, months and think about it and go back to it. Now that I'm doing a lot more stuff for Marvel, I have to, like, move faster. So, usually, I'll just write things down. I'll keep ideas down and and kind of just glom onto one idea and keep just thinking about it and working it out and thinking about different variables and stuff. But I don't have any set process, unfortunately. I wish I really wish that I did. I think it would make my life a lot
0: easier. Yeah. Um, so, so when you are writing, and especially, obviously, with something uh, like a Marvel work you know, that's, that's so much more deadline-oriented and, and, and fast-paced, um, when do you know you're ready to script?
2: Uh, when I sit behind the computer, usually. <laughs> I, I, I don't think there's... I think that being ready to... and this is, For me, it's like being ready, and it's the same as writer's block. Okay. I mean, you just have to do it. You can't, you can't let those things get in the way. Even when I'm feeling like I've got writer's block... I just keep writing. Even though it's garbage, I just keep keep writing. Uh, keep typing words. It can be the most bogus, crappy scene that I know is going to get cut. But just that I find that forward momentum just keeps me going. I, in terms of like when the story's ready to write, I usually, like, like say with Marvel, uh, I'll pitch some, usually very short ideas for what I want an arc to be about or what, where I'm going to go, you know, where I want to go with the character. And usually a few different ideas and then they'll they'll gravitate towards one and then I'll just build it up Um, and then I'll outline it you know for the four or five six issues however long it's going to be go back and forth with the editors so I'm really usually ready to write when the editor says I'm ready to write Um, but that process can take it can take months it can take weeks and it's usually going on concurrently while I'm writing scripts anyway I'm usually like in some cases two or three arcs ahead with the planning and going back and forth you know um with editors, so we get it to where we want, and how long that process takes it can vary. I've had some where I like a pitch, like a very short paragraph, and it's good to go. And I, I go and I start scripting or like um, breaking down issue by issue. And sometimes it's like months of back and forth before we get it to where we want it. Um, but you know, every every Monday morning, I sit down and I start writing script pages. So that's you know, I always have I always have something to be working on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you do you do much outlining at all? I never used to. I was just talking about this with someone else. I used to be that kind of guy where I'm like, here's my beginning, here's my middle, and here's my end. And I'm a huge Elmore Leonard fan, and I think this is like something, a bad habit that I took from him that works for him, doesn't necessarily always work for me, where he would just sit down and start writing, and he's like, I'll let the characters lead me. Which I do like the idea of that, but sometimes when you got to actually like hand in scripts once a week, um, sometimes, you know, I, I've got to get scripts done in four days. I can't necessarily do that. I can't. I can't take that time and go down paths that are dead ends and then back up. So uh, I tend to, like I said, I'll write a, a, an idea for an arc. Once that's approved, I will take it and I'll write, you know, a few paragraphs for each issue, so we know what's going to happen in each issue. And then once that's approved, I actually do. Uh, this is something I've only started doing the last year and a half, and I find that it helps me tremendously. Is I will do an outline that is a page-by-page page breakdown that just usually the action or the, the moment that's going to happen on that page. Sometimes I'll put in some teaser dialogue just so I know what's going to happen. And I'll get editors to sign off on that and then I go to script. So I find that that helps me knowing what's going to happen on each page. It helps me tremendously when I go to script because I'm actually not a writer who tends to write linear. Linear, I, I will actually write pages one, two, three, skip ahead to page 15, 16, 17, Sometimes it's just like if I hit page four, and I'm like kind of maybe struggling with it a little bit, I'll jump to a scene further on in the issue. It just keeps me moving. And then sometimes if there, if I'm cutting between three different storylines, like an A, B, and C storyline, I'll write all of the A storyline. You know, even though it's like on page one, two, three, you know, eight, nine, ten. 13, 14 15 whatever come back and do the B story and then come back and do the C storyline and then do another pass where I, I, I make the transition smoother um, but yeah I do, I definitely outline page by page I know where I know where I'm going I know where I'm gonna end that issue and I find that helps helps me
0: tremendously so with your and the, you know and this obviously goes for uh, you know creator owned stuff like sheltered uh, or you know anything else uh, that you've that you've done Marvel or DC do you typically start with like a, a character and find a situation for them, or do you typically start with like a situation or a world and go from there?
2: It it, it all depends. It's like it differs for every project for me. Uh, the stuff I did for DC was Batman and Robin, Eternal, so that was more like uh, they already had the story laid out, so I had to go in. Um, sometimes with you know, um, uh, like my next arc for Old Man Logan involves the Scarlet Samurai. And so Marvel came to me and said, we've got this character, the Scarlet Samurai, that we want to introduce. Uh, here's a little bit about her. Make it work, kind of thing. you know." So I had a character, and I had to build a situation around it. I think I typically usually think situation, then character. Uh, but lately I've been doing a lot of that character, then situation, and trying to make it all work and make it make sense. Awesome.
0: Um, let me make sure I... I uh, my, my co-host also has a bunch of questions, and so sure. I want to make sure that I him oh um do you are you a like a full script typewriter or do you do more plot style
2: i i tend to be full script i think most people these days tend to yeah. be full script uh, i do do in some cases uh iron fist is a perfect example where these the fight pages i used to do full script, but then when mike perkins his art started coming in and he would add panels i think i wrote a five panel page and he turned it to a 20 panel page And it's just beautiful fight choreography that he does. Those fight scenes in Iron Fist, I think, are beautiful. And so I... Like, I talked to Mike before doing this, but asked, you know, if he'd be okay with me just giving him, for those specific pages, just a brief description of what happens, if there's key moments in the fight that we need to see. And then I'll usually write the captions, dialogue, or whatever, beneath, and then let him go crazy with the fight scene. And then when it comes time to letter, I'll go back and break it down into panels based on how he's drawn the page with the dialogue and everything so the letter knows where to put everything. Yeah. But for almost, almost exclusively full script, except for the case with some fight scenes where I'll do plot style.
0: Awesome. Uh, and do you... Did you or do you uh, have like a, a mentor in your writing career, someone that's kind of helped you along uh, your path?
2: I don't... I was mostly kind of adrift. To be honest, like I was like... Those 15 years I mentioned earlier, when I like wrote and drew, uh, I was just I was living, you know, a large part of that in a smaller town called Kelowna, and then I moved to Vancouver. Uh, you know, I met people in the industry, but I didn't really have for the longest time. I didn't even know anybody who worked in the industry. Had no contact. So I was just kind of out there by myself. You know, once I started to get in a little bit more, um, you know, I had uh, people who would like sort of sing my praises within the industry, like like artists and stuff who would keep dropping my name to editors. But there was no writer who I really worked under. Uh, I think the one writer who I looked up to the most um, was, I mentioned earlier, Elmore Leonard. um, He's a big Elmore Leonard fan. And um, so he's the guy who I used to look at his stuff a lot. In terms of writers in the industry, uh, you know, Brian Michael Bendis and Jason Aaron and Greg Rucka, were sort of my go-to writer, so I would always read everything they read. Uh, Garth Ennis as well. Um, And so, you know, those are guys I looked up to, but not anyone I I ever had any real interaction. And Jason... uh, No, David Laugham as well. Stray Bullets. Uh, Stray Bullets was, like, monumentally inspirational to me when that book came out. Absolutely. Um... And,
0: and you kind of mentioned a little bit uh, earlier of, like, how long, you know, sometimes your, your process is. But for, for one script, you know, from sort of uh, start to finish, how long is that typically taking you?
2: Ideally, I'd like it to take five days. I have, I have, like, a really rigid schedule where I wake up in the morning at 7.30, shower, eat, walk my kid to school, my wife to work. I come back home, and I take my, I take my dog along, so my dog gets a big, long walk. I come home after, like, an hour. I like to walk for an hour in the morning just to, to work through what I'm going to do. And I sit down at the computer about 9 o'clock, and I write from 9 till 2.30, uh, and then again a little bit in the evening. And I do that Monday through Friday. And typically I like to start a script on Monday and end it by Friday. Uh, it doesn't always necessarily happen that way. There's, it's, you know, i got to be a bit fluid with it. But uh, that's my ideal Um time to do a script. I have done a few scripts in two to three days um, and sometimes I've had a couple that take me seven or eight because they're a little bit more difficult but uh, five is pretty much my standard. I'm trying to get that down to four. I'm trying to I'm trying to be more focused. I block my internet all the time now, so I'm trying to get it down to four, but five is standard. I'm
0: trying to get on that, that weird Charles Soule schedule where somehow you're able to release seven issues every month
2: or I something. I don't know how that guy does that.
0: I don't either. He's a practicing lawyer too. What the hell?
2: I don't have I don't have another job. I'm just doing this and I, I don't think I could do that. Yeah, I it's I I, I think that
0: uh, I feel like he must have just like written a bunch of those scripts years in advance. Maybe. <laughs> um all right. Let me just make sure that I get everything okay. Um, and do you, are you like a final draft type person? Microsoft Word? Do you have a favorite writing
2: software? Uh, Microsoft Word. I just it's the easiest one. Uh, people keep trying to tell me telling me to try and use Scrivener, but I've just not been able to figure it out. I've tried, and <laughs> Microsoft Word is really easy. And yeah. um, it used to be like I would write because I, I used to letter as well, so I would write the way that I wanted a writer to write when I was lettering scripts. Yeah. So, I have a template that I built in Microsoft Word that's been altered actually. I find actually since I started working with Marvel, my template's changed a bit. But uh, yeah, I have a a way that I'm comfortable doing it. I don't think about it, you know, the tabbing and all that sort of stuff. It's just all automatic.
0: Thank you so much to Ed Brisson for uh, sitting down and talking with us. We definitely have to bring him back on the show because he is a joy, and he's uh, been working on quite quite a bit since uh, since we talked. That interview was recorded a few months ago, so there's definitely some some new updates and some uh, some things to cover. Um, but if you'd like to follow Ed on social media, he is at Ed Brisson on Twitter, uh, just like it's spelled in the name of uh, this this episode. You can see it right there on your little on your little iPod. This is still. 2003 right people use ipods
1: Uh,
0: exactly and my my cd player you just have to hit next and it'll go right to it (laughs) skip to the next track um all right and uh speaking of the next track the next track is our ads kent and you know what comes first in each one of our ad breaks it is the magazine to to end all magazines the uh the the comics craft conglomerate Right? I don't know. Um, it They're is, taking over the world. It is One panel, panel by panel at a time. There you go. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Killed it. New slogan. Uh, it is panel by panel magazine. It is the greatest magazine ever in the history of, of magazines on Comics Craft uh i i love the magazine my affection for it is undying every single month you can expect um quite a lot of of really in-depth and intelligent thoughts on comics um and interviews as well um what's your always, favorite one that you've uh, listened to recently or read read recently uh my favorite interview that i have read recently that god that's that's a tough call i really like I really Our liked point. the um, the young animal uh, issue that they did um, in August. So it was, I guess, two issues ago. Um, but it was it was phenomenal. Like they were they were looking uh, kind of as a retrospective on DC's young animal um, pop up imprint, uh, and it was I don't know. It, it was just really cool, kind of like looking back on on all this stuff. As far as the interviews go uh i liked i liked the the stephanie phillips they had they had five questions with stephanie phillips um she's the writer of um devil within and uh kicking ice um that was that was pretty good but uh one thing that's unique about panel by panel is that they also have in almost every issue they have a creator interview another creator um which is really cool uh and i so- like that format that's
1: that's an interesting i mean i guess we're kind of doing this on the show our show <laughs> so i guess that's why it would be very intriguing to me but uh not being one of those two people and as an audience member it also sounds very intriguing
0: yeah exactly um and so like the most the most recent uh, issue had nadia um i don't know how to say her last name it's sham shamas shamas Uh, And when you don't know how to pronounce a name, the rest of us are fucked. (laughs) Um, But her and Marie Anger had a a really, a really cool discussion, um, just talking about how they collaborate, uh, which was was pretty, I don't know, it was it was really interesting. Um, But yeah, anyway, it's just phenomenal. I'd say if you want to look for like, maybe creators that you know, or people that are favorites of yours, I'm sure you've, you're a fan of quite a few people that they've had in this magazine so far so if you go to panelxpanel.com uh then you can uh check out some of the issues and and at least pick up a couple can't what you got for me man
1: awesome all right uh well i know what the next one is that is my comic have you have you read my comic jason i have read read
0: your comic i'm a big fan of your comic
1: are you What's oh, your yeah. what's your who's your favorite character in my comic? My favorite character in your comic is Gus. Gus is ah, my favorite too. Uh I I hope other people like other characters and thankfully I ha- I have heard many people that have been like, "Oh, it's uh, Dentilla or it's Hissy or it's this random character." I'm like, "Awesome. I I really want them all to stand out." But yeah, this this is all for my comic Scariest Scream Screamforth. It is a free comic that you can read online right now. You can go to scariestandscreamforth.com and there's a spot right there you can click on and just read the thing it's a young adult series maybe a little bit younger maybe a little bit older depending on your perspective uh but yeah it's it's pretty much for everybody and it's a little spooky cute story about three kid monsters in a monster town trying to solve a mystery uh so i enjoyed making it i've, I've heard lots of people have enjoyed reading it uh, go check it out if you are looking for a free comic to read hell yeah hey, jason
0: you've got a you're on a podcast right now aren't you i'm on a podcast right now but it's not, not the only one, one. It's not the only one I have. I have many podcasts. Uh, this other podcast that we're talking about is uh, the Savage Land Podcast. I've been uh, doing this show for God, three, four years now, uh, something like that. It's it's been a while. Um, we've we've done. I have declared it our sister show. It is our podcast. sister show. Yes, it is. It is another show hosted on ThatMightBeCool.com. dot com, um, and uh, it's it's me and a couple of my friends just hanging out, talking about comics, movies, and all your other favorite stuff. Uh, we've been doing it for about one hundred and seventy episodes at this point. Um, and it's, it's just it's a, it's a good old time If you want to just relax And kind of have some uh, Some little entertaining stuff to, to listen in the background While you're at work Or uh, doing your chores Or whatever You know Just hear some people Some people having the chill time About uh, the stuff they love Then uh, it's the show for you You can head on over to ThatMightBeCool.com Where you can check out That show This show And others uh, head check, check it out give it, a, give it a listen
1: As a Savage Land listener myself I, I was stunned at the quality level not that i i didn't know you when i'd first uh, listened to it but it, it was like i'm like holy crap this is a really good podcast and it's exactly what i'm looking for it's comic focused yeah you'll you'll take um Deviations occasionally mm-hmm. down to things that aren't comics related, but it's all it's it's always comics related. Uh, there are lots of other shows that kind of focus more on like the nerdiness or like pop culture things. And what's awesome about that is with nerdy things, is there's lots of things you can talk about. You can talk about board games. You can talk about I guess video games, computer games, whatever. But it lots of other shows will talk about things that I'm not necessarily wanting to focus on. For me personally, I want to talk about comics. And if it does have to do with pop culture, uh, that's something that I, I like when you step foot in it because it's relevant to the comics conversation. How do you talk about comics now uh, with today's now and age uh, without talking about Marvel Studios? Mm-hmm. It's, it's But that's, that's relevant to the comics conversation. And that's what I really liked about the show is it was so focused. So well, thank you, sir.
0: Uh, I appreciate that. In, I'll, I'll convey the message over to, to Matt and Rachel.
1: Yeah. Uh, they are awesome co-hosts as well. And, uh, and and uh, at being a, a co-host with you, I know the job's not easy. So you know, hats off to them.
0: That's <laughs> <laughs> off to them for putting up with it for three freaking years. Uh, I have to deal with it all by myself, and oh, that was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Kent, uh, we uh, if, if if the people are loving such amazing content as this, uh, there's there's one big way they can support us, um, and that is over on How's our that? Patreon. Ooh, Patreon what's patreon it's a it's a platform where you can uh, uh, support the things that you love and the creators that you love by uh, by tossing a few a few little coins uh, their way every once in a while so uh, when you visit our patreon page it's patreon.com/ tmbc workshop uh, you can uh, check out our tiers there's there's you know there's something in it for you uh, no matter which tier you go to. Um, if you're on, let's say, the $2 or more tier, then you will be able to hear these episodes early, usually around two days early, um, which is a good time. Uh, we also have other tiers that include things like uh, sketches and, um, you know, little artwork and stuff like that. So, so there's, there's a bunch of uh, bonuses to explore there on our Patreon. So if you go to patreon.com slash Workshop, uh, you, can, you can throw a few coins our way if you're uh, enjoying the content. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. Absolutely, frickin'lutely. Uh, yeah. Uh, now those were
1: great ads. They yeah, were. No know what ads. ad would be even better, Jason? Uh, what? what would what that? It, you know what it
0: be is is the listeners' ad. Ooh, that is true. That you know, if we had an ad right now to plug of a listener's comic book, that would be amazing. If one of those people listening right now, if they had a comic book that they wanted to plug, that would just be that would just be the bee's knees. One that they made themselves, one that they not made just themselves. reading it. Yeah, that that, that was a, ideally if it was under thirty seconds and sent to us via email at uh, letters at tmbcworkshop dot com uh, in the form of an MP three or WAV file. I think that mm. would be really cool. I I would I would greatly enjoy it if someone sent
1: us some files. I, I think we've already been enjoying some of the files that have been sent to us, but if
0: there were yeah. even more. <laughs> Yeah, there's. I mean, we people, will. People have been sending these, uh, and we greatly yeah. appreciate them. So for our for our thirteenth episode, which is the uh, last episode of season one of Comic Book Workshop, uh, we will be putting a free ad uh, or or using ad space for free for uh, our favorite uh, comic book ad that is sent to us. Uh, if this becomes a, a really popular thing, I mean, we've we've definitely had a few responses so far, and that's it's been pretty cool. Uh, but if this if this becomes a, a really popular thing, and we get a lot of response to it. Um, then I think we'll we'll kind of continue this in some form uh, in the future, whether that be, you know, uh, something, you know, done as like a tier in our Patreon, whether that be, you know, whatever that, that may unfold to be. Uh, if this carries on, then, then we would love to help plug independent comic books. Um, so if you have a comic that you want to advertise, just send a, a file under 30 seconds to letters at tmbcworkshop.com. Uh And for episode thirteen, we will pick our favorite one, and we will play it uh right at the end of our ad break
1: awesome righty I think that that wraps it up for these sexy sexy ads mm. uh let's uh let's 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 go on back to the
0: the real world of our podcast yeah mm. oh yeah kent it's time to uh to give the people what they want or at least what what is demanded by the structure of our show. Uh, and that is the creative ketchup. <laughs> the creative ketchup. It's time to open that that
1: jar. Mm, yeah, bottle. Bottle. Open up that a bottle. glass bottle.
0: That glass
1: bottle, and hit the side, and let that creative ketchup loose.
0: Yeah, and hopefully mm. there's no like chunks, and and you know you know that like weird crustiness it gets around like the lid sometimes if it's been sitting out for a while. Yeah, like that.
1: yeah, that's gross.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I gotta stop eating so much ketchup
1: that I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about.
0: I just I just eat it out of the bottle. That's that's my diet lately. It's just been ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> I am uh I am diabetic. <laughs> uh diabetes is not funny, children. Go to the doctor, make sure you get your regular checkups, check your blood pressure and everything. It's uh it's a serious thing. Um insulin is uh, is is, is uh, expensive. It's yeah, insulin, not worth it. check your check your blood pressure, uh and blood sugar. Blood sugar is what I'm looking for. Um, I think so. Yeah, that's that's the one. Anyway, uh, health tips from the Savage Land. The co- not the Savage Land Comic Book Workshop. That's the podcast I'm on right now. <laughs> I, didn't, I, I didn't even notice. I was like, "Yeah, welcome to the Savage
1: Land." <laughs> You're like, "Yeah, the I, Savage I, Land." I, if you hadn't have corrected, it, I would have never noticed. I would have, <laughs> it's just part of my DNA. Is I, I hang out with Savage Land too? <laughs> uh, what is your your sweet sweet ketchup? Oh man, Kent. This so this you, you were you were before the show, you were teasing me, and <laughs> I, I was a good, good little boy. I, I didn't dig, but I was very intrigued. You uh, alluded to you're gonna drop something on me, and I'm, I'm kind of pumped. I, yeah, man, what I what do you got?
0: So, this week's been been pretty dope for me, productivity wise. Um, thank defi- god, because mine's not been spoiler <laughs> alert. Keep going. It's it's it definitely coincides with the fact that uh, the show that I'm working on, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, out October 26th on Netflix. Uh, they we the, our production took a, a week long um, hiatus uh, for Canadian Thanksgiving because they shoot in Canada. Uh, oh, and, Canada! Thank you for this wonderful bounty of a break you've bestowed upon Jason. Yeah, right uh so they they took a week off from from shooting which doesn't mean that i'm not working for a week but it does mean my workload is much much lighter um and, and so, what do you do there for the people that don't know um i'm a i'm a post-production coordinator so I, I handle a lot of things like adr and and reviewing dailies and a bunch of other boring stuff um but it, basically when when production's not rolling when we're not getting footage every day uh there are a lot of parts of my job that i don't have to do for a little while and it also allows me to catch up on the on the stuff that's been like, you know, sort of snowballing as part of the job. um, Because the production world is just an endless monster that's always chasing you. Um, And so anytime that monster slows down for a breather, it's nice. Anyway, but because of that uh, sort of newfound time during the day, while I'm still like, you know, kind of responding to emails and getting some paperwork done and like, you know, handing off invoices or whatever, I've had a decent amount of spare time uh and we're recording this on october 3rd um the basically the so inktober obviously started two days ago on monday um yes sir and you've been you've been on it i think i've seen at
1: least two drawings that you posted
0: i've I've posted a drawing every day uh so Ooh, so on monday perfect. F- yeah on monday the first i was like you know what, i'm just gonna do like a, a cool kind of tim drake in an alleyway uh kind of drawing and that was, that was fun a, a little fan art um day two i was listening to a podcast um i'm trying to remember it, it was either a podcast with um michelle Fife, who we've talked to on the show or um kyle have we starks. talked to him on the show yet yeah uh, or or it was kyle starks who we have not talked on the show but i'm sure at some point we will um there's one a future of episode two. coming with michelle yeah uh oh yeah well the future episode right now but this segment that we're recording will come out after the episode with michelle is up um oh okay you're yeah yeah scheduling i you're right you've already
1: listened to that it was a great episode (laughs) it was actually i'm making it i love it was a really really good episode
0: yeah um anyway i I was listening to an interview with either him or kyle starks um but whoever it was uh they were talking about 80s movies um and i can't remember what the discussion was at this point um they were just like Um, i already like where this is going yeah they they were talking about like cool action heroes in the 80s um so I'm listening to that on on the morning of October second, and I'm like, man, what am I going to do for Inktober? I don't really know. Like, you know, I I don't generally have like a full idea of what I'm going to draw before I start drawing, and sometimes that ends up being shitty, or sometimes that ends up being good. Um, and then I was like, you know what, '80s movies? Like, I should just like I should just make up an '80s action hero, like just the most just like the most the tropiest like you know play on whatever i can from 80s action movies so i start thinking of like escape from new york and like rambo and die hard and you know all these all these awesome you know uh as as c robert Cargill would call them junk food cinema uh movies um most delicious cinema of all the sweetest sin (laughs) of the cinema exactly uh and and so I'm like, okay, like I'm gonna make this guy. What's he gonna have? You know, I'm like, he's got to be like just super muscled up. Uh, he's gonna wear like the a tight wife beater tank top. Um, he's got to have a mullet. He's got to have a headband. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's got to have an eye patch, like Snake Plissken. Yes. Uh, and then I was like, I was like, you know what? Like one eye patch. That's already been done. That's just not enough. That's not enough. So I decided he's gonna have two eye patches. <laughs> and. <laughs> So then (laughs) I and I I literally as I'm doing this, I I share an office with another guy coincidentally named Jason uh, and I always bounce my dumb ideas off of him just like usually as bits to try and get him to laugh because I'm insecure as a person and and people's laughter (laughs) makes me feel good as a human being Um, (laughs) and like I'm worth something. And so I just like I I throw it out to him like, yo, check it out because I like started doodling this guy. I started dueling this guy and I I put both eye patches on him because I was also trying to figure out how I could make them look like eye patches and not sunglasses. You know what I mean? Because like, when you're drawing it, it's hard to distinguish between if you have two eye patches on somebody, it looks like sunglasses, you know? Um, Yeah. And so I just like showed this little, like I did a quick pencil sketch of it, uh, you know, with the intent of making it my Inktober drawing. And I was like, yo, check this out. He's got two eye patches. And his question to me was, how does he see? And... Without even thinking, I just went with his fists. <laughs> so, oh my god. So I then love I st- this character. <laughs> so then I stopped for a second. And I was like, wait a minute. Shit. He sees with his fists. That's the most 80s action movie thing I've ever <laughs> heard in my fucking life.
1: <laughs> Fuck. This is wonderful. It is... Uh You've, you've tapped into the fountain of 80s, and it has poured <laughs> forth a bounty of goodness.
0: Yeah, so I, I finished drawing it, and you can you can see it on my Instagram. Um, I'm at a white kid, if you want to check that out. It was the, the day two um, Inktober drawing, right? So I, I finished that drawing, and I'm just, like, obsessing over this character. I'm like, you know, eventually I settle on the name. I'm like, At first, I was like, his name's Eyepatch McFalcon. And I was like, hmm, I don't know if I like McFalcon. So I go, like, no, Eyepatch McHammer. I was like, ah, but they, iPatch is a hundred percent iPatch has name. to be his name. He has two iPatch has, has to be eyepatch Um and then uh, you know, I was like Mick Hammer, but then I was like, well, like Mick H, like that's kind of a tough it's it's a tough sort of like consonant vowel, like weird thing to to navigate. It just it, it doesn't sound like Mick Hammer when you say it. Um you know, like it doesn't sound like the word hammer after the word mick always. it's like I, yeah. I don't I don't quite like that. And so then I just started throwing out and I threw a bunch to you, I threw a bunch to, to a bunch of other people I know. Uh, and I was just like, "Here's a bunch of like random names. They all have to start with Mick, uh, but just Mick and then something awesome." Um, and eventually, I settled on McForce, and maybe that ends up being the final name. Maybe it ends up being something else. Uh, but for now, it's Eye Patch McForce, uh, and he 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 he's, he has two eye patches, and he sees with his fists. Uh, and you know what happens? Here's 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 kind of some philosophy for you, Kent. Uh, when you see through fists, <laughs> everything is a fight.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. There it is. Wow.
0: Yeah. So um, yeah. anyway, I fell in love with this guy. Uh, I couldn't stop thinking about iPatch McForce. Um, and I finished the drawing and I put it up on Instagram and I just like start typing I'm like this eye patch, McForce, yada yada. You know, he 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 wears two eye patches and he sees with his fists, you know, uh he's probably, I don't know, he's gonna go do a die hard on a boat or something. And then I post that, and then like a f- couple minutes later I'm like, wait a minute. He's gonna do a die hard on a boat. I kinda wanna just like write I want I want to make a comic. I want to make I want to make a short four-page comic of Ipatch McForce doing a die hard on a boat. Uh it's, it's perfect. So, anyway, that as I said, that's October 2nd. So I started that drawing around 9 a.m. uh and by 10:30 probably I had decided I'm going to make a four-page comic of of Ipatch McForce. So then by about, uh, let's... Coming out fist blazing, Yeah. Uh, so then by about one o'clock, I had the script written.
1: Oh my god!
0: So, yeah, I I outlined it in about, uh, I'd say about an hour after I, after I decided I was doing that. I outlined it in about an hour, and so then it was, you know, another two, two or three hours to write a four-page script for this comic, uh, and by the time i uh because i after work after i was done with work i was meeting up a, um, a friend for drinks by the time i stepped into that bar because i actually did stop for a second when i pulled into the place and and uh do a few more uh finishing touches uh i had my pencils completely finished for the first two pages you've already penciled
1: two pages in the same day that you came up with the character yeah You crazy person. Oh, my God. I swear (laughs) to God, uh, to the rest of the
0: Sabrina team, he does do his job very, very well. Uh, (laughs) It was, as you can tell, it was a very light day workload wise.
1: (laughs) Normally, I can't get two words out of Jason even after he's off of work. Uh so yes probably was a very light day. He works his ass off many more than 40 hours a week.
0: Yeah, it was it was um it was a thing. And actually I even I think I even had an ADR session that I ran that day. I did. Yeah. I cuz I I stopped I I had written the script and then I did um the breakdowns on, like I printed out the script and then did the breakdowns on the pages and then went to this ADR session. Um finished the ADR session, went back, processed all the paperwork I needed to process and then just went back to the comic cuz again I didn't have anything left to do in the day um i hope none of this is bad to admit i mean they're, they're they've usually been very encouraging of just like yeah when there's nothing to do because post is kind of a hurry up and wait type of situation uh yeah that's that's some jobs and, yeah so they, you know, they've always been people encouraging can do if, extra work on the side with their
1: job if you're a security guard you totally. know definitely uh yeah it's
0: just so it's it's always been the time a cool you thing don't thing, have free time not too worried about it um yeah but, I have a lot of free time with that job yeah, so I, I came back from the from the ADR session and then yeah, I, I had my breakdowns already and everything, so I just fucking I penciled two pages. Uh and then oh, shit, man. and that was yesterday. So from from inception to two oh. pages being penciled was yesterday. Uh and then I today feel the foreshadowing of what is about to come. <laughs> yeah. So today I, I penciled a third page and I um did I, I, I did um I guess it would be called layouts. Uh Yeah, yeah. I I did the breakdown because I did all the breakdowns yesterday. So then I did layouts on on the fourth page today. um, And I might even be able to to pencil the fourth page after we're done recording this, depending on how tired I am. Um, Either way, uh, so this is October 3rd today. I am very confident that by October 7th, I will have this completely done, colored, lettered and posted online jesus christ yeah so so that's that's my creative catch-up <laughs> um i organized some like
1: drawers i think <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh my god uh you're that's that's pretty that's like the i think the best creative catch-up we've had on the show so far
0: i i think so too i mean honestly this is here so here's what's crazy and, and what's kind of weird, but I, I really love here is this, it, it, it kind of shows, um, I think what, what activates me in my work a lot is, uh, following the muse and, and really capitalizing on whatever spontaneity, um, you have. And obviously, you know, we're not always going to have a day where we can like, you know, do a bunch of fucking side work at our job. Um, you know, knowing that very well, because I almost never have the ability to do that I, uh, it's you know uh, it showed me something just about like really really pounding into it when you have that excitement not to just settle for like oh okay like I'm super excited about this thing so I you know I I did half of an outline today and that's you know that's a good benchmark that's a good accomplishment so now I'm going to stop and do other things um you know or or sit around on the couch or whatever it's like no if you're if you're excited about that thing like if you're really if you think it's a cool idea or whatever, do as much as you can while you're still feeling super excited about it. You know, I mean, you're, you're still going to hit those road bumps of like, you know, the sort of problems to fix or like, you know, you put your character in this situation. So how the hell do you get out of it now? And like all that stuff. And I had those every single page at, at the very least, there was one situation where I was like, oh fuck, like how am I going to actually figure this out? How am I going to make this work? Um, And then, tackling those problems again when you go to pencil the pages and you're like how am i how am i going to frame this right like it's easy to write a line of dialogue that's like you know he swings the bat off panel uh toward you know this this person's body on the ground but then you're like well how do i frame that like what's my angle you know and if he's if he's swinging the bat if he's mid-swing which i recommend like it's it's a four-page story has to be more compressed by its nature i would make sense I would heavily prefer to have one panel of guy started, you know, guys about to swing the bat, and another panel of the guy just swung the bat, uh, rather yeah. than one panel of mid swing. But sometimes you got to do that, um, and that's like a, at least for me, like that f- figuring out the framing on that panel and everything. I was like, ah, oh, man, like it's because it's hard to to figure it out. It's like you can't really show from like behind because you won't be able to see the bat, um, and if you show it from like in front, you know, or like kind of to an angle, like there's it, it gets a little tricky with you know, like um, conveying it. But, you know, it's like those problems and stuff, rather than letting those problems be like, oh, okay, well, this might be a good place to stop and like think on this problem overnight or whatever. And then pretty soon it's a week later and you haven't really made any progress. uh, Really just like pounding into it and just been like, no, like I'm going to figure this out. However, I can make it work, whatever I can do to like get to that next page, that next panel, that next, you know, whatever it is. Like uh, it, it just, it showed me a lot about kind of, sticking with it. And and also, like, you know, the thing was, like, I, I set kind of the ambitious goal fairly early on in the process. I was like, you know what, I'm getting this done this week. Um, and I think when you, when you tell yourself you're going to do that, it's, you know, and sometimes it just depends on how, you know, how much you hold yourself accountable to the, the things that you tell yourself. But like, telling myself, yes, I'm going to get this done this week, was enough for me to be like, well, sh- you know, shit, I, I got to get this done this week, right? Like, I, I should just keep going. Um, and I don't know. It's, it's just been, it's been very exciting. And it's funny to me that the first, like, work, the first comics work that I will have that's out in the world for people to read is, like, you know, will we'll be out there within a week of when I first thought of it. Whereas I have, like, four other comics projects that it's, like, you know, either waiting on art... Or, you know, like I still keep like rewriting the script and I'm not quite ready to draw it or, you know, whatever the thing may be, or I'm in the middle of coloring it or whatever. Uh, it, you know, it's very interesting that this little four page story that I thought of yesterday, uh, will now end up being the, th- the first thing that anyone sees of like my actual comics work. The first thing they see that's not a script or it's not, you know, like, you know, a, a, a preview of something. Um, I think it's fucking great, man.
1: I, <laughs> I I don't know of a better way to to kick in the door than with a fist, <laughs> a fist that can see. Yeah, a fist that can see.
0: Oh, do, uh, I
1: I'm I'm very intrigued by this character. I want more.
0: Do you want to Do you want to know? Uh, on the first page, he's 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 in a predicament, uh, and and do you want to know how his his he, he's captured? Basically, you know, we start out with this guy captured somewhere uh, in a boat. Um do you want to know how how they managed to um uh uh de-weaponize him so to speak
1: mm. Mm. God.
0: I was thinking like finger trap Chinese finger trap yep, they have him they have him in a in a chinese finger trap um he's also tied are to a chair me? are you fucking serious i'm dead serious uh i think oh. I- <laughs> I think I, granted, I do think I told you guys about that in, uh, in the chat. I don't think you did, sir. I think I, I did. I do not. I'm going to pull it up right mm. now because I'm actually positive, because I remember Melody making jokes about it. Um, I may not have read it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you did, bud. Um, either way, though. <laughs> uh, my uh, idea is very man. original and you couldn't have thought of it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this this is a very highbrow and, and complicated Eyepatch McForce comic um (laughs) his whole idea is he's a very complicated character
1: (laughs) (laughs) uh well that's amazing man i'm I'm, while you're pulling that up I'm, i'm super stoked i cannot believe how far and fast you've gone in just a 24 30 hour period man that's very very impressive uh good work uh you should be super stoked and proud of yourself and uh, look at this as a moment of getting shit done, but don't think of it as like uh, you should always be at this level. You kind of went superhuman for a second, you went flash speed, but uh, you're you're human the rest of the weekend month. Uh, so I think it's the I don't I definitely don't want to. I ch- hope this is not coming off as raining on your parade. I just don't want you to think of like two weeks from now. You're like God, I sh- but I did I did eye patch in two days uh, or
0: you know a week. Why can't I always do it that way? It it doesn't always work. No. Yeah. No, of course, and I and I, I definitely recognize it's not, but it is, it is something that's, that's that's consistent with some things that I've done in the past. Um, mm. You know, I mean, there's there's a product or there's there's a project that I've I've talked about but haven't said the name or anything about before, but it's a, a fun sci-fi adventure that Kent is very well aware of. Um, and I I you know wrote the outline to that comic in about an hour. Um, I, you know, laid out, I think I laid out six pages, uh, in a day. Um, you know, I, I wrote the script in, I, I wrote the first draft of the script, I think in two days. Um, and, uh, you know, and that's a 22 pager, um, you know, and then obviously there were revisions and stuff after that. But I, you know, when, when I, when I do really sit down and pursue those things and, and, stop thinking about, you know, thematic relevance and and you know like these big things that I'm like trying to make you know make all these stories mean so much and and have, you know, a million layers to them and stuff like that when I start letting my subconscious take over and it's the same way with drawing. Uh I find that the product not only does it come out easier, but I I think oftentimes it comes out better and I think I'm much I think I'm much more adept at finding the themes, finding the relevance and finding the sort of like layers to the stories that I create once I've written them uh rather than approaching them from the foundation, you know what I mean? If I if I write something and kind of let my subconscious stream, the things that I'm thinking about, the things that I'm, you know, worried about, the things that I'm hopeful for, whatever, those things will all kind of come out naturally if you if you just get into the subconscious of it. And then when you're rereading it or you know like kind of looking over it you'll find uh the real depth to the story and you'll find the things that you can then capitalize on and so then in your rewrites or or in the next issue or whatever uh you know you're able to really bring those things to the surface even more and and really play with them um and so i i think that's i think that's the the lesson that this and then that other comic that that i talked about both teaching me is like, yeah, I need to I need to stop worrying so much about um, the importance of whatever message I'm trying to tell before telling the story, and really let that stuff come out as I tell the story. Um, you know, the same way that it does to a reader. Really, you know, I mean, the readers don't know, you know, the themes and the message of a story until they're actually reading it. Um, you know, and I think it's the same way for a writer. I think that, that at least for some people, you know, I mean, I think everyone has their different method, but for me, you know, I, I think I learn that stuff as I develop the world and as I develop the story and as I'm really in there scripting it. And one of my one of my favorite quotes, and this has been quoted by a bunch of people, I don't know who originated it, but is that plot is not important. Um you know, plot plot is merely the vehicle for your story plot is not anything to really spend much time worrying about. And I think that's a lot of what we all do when we're sitting around like trying to outline and developing a world and stuff is like, try to come up with some really great plot. And it's just not that important. You know, the, the important part is the characters and, and, and their growth and, and the, you know, the message behind that and the themes behind that. And, and so I think it's like every, every step of the way before, before, scripting and even your first draft of your script i think it's just like the approach will now be for me and i'm not going to say it should be this way for everybody but it's it's definitely i think a helpful approach to take is just get through it as quickly as you can get that outline down on paper just put something cohesive down there and as you're scripting and as you're revising you will be able to really maximize on what you put down because you know in that plot that you're, you know, pushing out there will be the real themes that you're wanting to explore. So, I way. yeah, I
1: I could not agree with you more. Uh, I'm, as you're talking about this, I'm thinking about my own work and the farthest I've gotten in comics or the stuff that I've finished, and it's it's it could not be more true to what you're saying. Uh, is my own work uh, the only comic that the only comics work that I really have out there that's uh, finished is uh, Scary and Screamforth, which you know, plug on every episode, mm-hmm. and the um, we talked about it, and I think in a past episode, but I'm I'll I'll go even further where it's so if, if you don't remember the origin of when I got Scary and Screamforth done was for uh 24 hour comics day yeah yeah and that so and the one of the objectives are like, you know, it's not a contest. It's a, just a personal challenge to yourself mm-hmm. is to go in with nothing and come out with a 24 page comic inked. Uh, and you don't have a story. You don't have a script. You don't have nothing. Now you don't have to do that if you don't want to, but I wanted to try and climb the mountain, uh, and go from the bottom to the top. Mm-hmm. And so I walked in with nothing and walked out with 18 pages of pencils and one page that was inked of those yeah. pencils. And that's amazing. Um, and, I had that story and I had, I mean, like I walked in to to be fair the day before two days before I was thinking about an idea that kind of popped in my head and I'm like, Oh, that's really cool. Sure. And I just, you know, I walked in with that. Who cares? I'm not cheating anyone and I'm not cheating myself. It was good. I'm very, very happy with the story and I'm still working on it. So obviously I liked it. But, uh, my point is, is that I just went in and I had to go. You have to get a page done every hour, roughly. Uh, so you just got to go, 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 uh, And try to make it the best that you can. And it's some of my best work, if not my best work. uh, Because it was as pure of an idea. You don't have to necessarily do these approaches. Mm -hmm. But I think that a lot of writers, not everyone's the same, but most people kind of fall into the same category. It feels like that I meet that are trying to write something or do something with stories is you kind of have, you get very self-conscious. And you kind of overthink it. Uh when I say kinda I mean you absolutely over I'll speak for myself and maybe for Jason. Um <laughs> that, you know, we're we're all very insecure about our writing and our work and the yeah. the times that we're able to unplug that uh that th- the that voice that says oh you know you could do this just cut it it's when you get your best work done when you're 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 when you don't have your vulnerabilities out and they're at the table as well when you're able to check those at the door the absolutely best work. works I, I couldn't think about anything except getting it done there wasn't a um anything else it wasn't because in my head i'm like i don't if this absolutely bombs i don't have to share this mm-hmm. with anybody mm-hmm. it could just be one other day that i had my week uh, who cares, just you know, throw it in the trash can and walk away, mm-hmm. but it happened to work out. Now, it's two instances where it happened to work out, but that's not the only time uh, that I've had a story that just ended up being better. Um, there's another story that I'm working on that I haven't talked about at all on the show that I'm working with a, a writer on. and We've gotten,
0: I think I have at least 40 pages inked yeah. on it yeah I, mean, uh, I, I have seen this and i can i can verify that as a true story and it's really fucking cool too
1: <laughs> it's uh there are people who have been seen it i just i don't have much public uh very little if none public exposure to it yeah um and so it's my my buddy uh and i were working on it and we were working on a previous comic together and i don't remember how far i was and it was this very elaborate detail thing he had a full script that he had already written out but he'd written it for a movie. Um, and it wasn't like, oh, it's my field com- like, script thing. He just had a, a script that he wrote, and we were... So, okay, I'll rewind to the beginning and try to say all the story things without talking about the story and the story that we're talking, whatever. I'm terrible at this shit. <laughs> Anyways, okay, so go to the beginning. We're at a bar, and he and I uh, and our mutual friend are talking and drinking and a good time. It had nothing to do with story or comics or whatever. We're just catching up. We hadn't seen each other for a while, mm-hmm. and he offhand mentions to the other one, uh, other friend... Um or the friend asked who's like, Hey, so how'd that script go? And I overhear this and I'm like, What? Are you right? What is it, what do you mean? Uh and so I, I absolutely butt my head in and dig in and like, hear all this stuff. And he's like, Oh yeah, I finished this movie script for um my, my cousin does film stuff like B movie stuff and he wanted a script and so I wrote it for him and he didn't end up like – he liked it but it didn't end up working for what he needed to do for whatever reason. And I'm like, cool. So you have a full movie script and how many pages is it? 110, 120 is about what it was at. I'm like, holy shit. And I didn't know he was in a writing. And then he has a full script done and he'd finished it months ago. And he wasn't trying to look to do anything with it. He would just he, was, he just had that itch that he had to write something. And then he did it. And then he moved on to do something else. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's incredible. Okay. I'm like, well, what's it about? And he tells me about it. And I'm like, oh, my God, I love this idea. Have you Are you doing anything with this idea? And he's like, no, it's, no one's working on it. No one's looking at it. He, does, he doesn't live in L.A. He's not a, a script guy. He's not trying to become a screenwriter. He just wanted to do it. And he did it uh and so he's not doing anything with the idea i'm like hey would you want to do a comic and he's like maybe so we just got the talking we got we're like yep actually yes he wants to do it i want to do it Um uh, and we spent several months working on that comic and to the script that he'd already had and we were going to do a co-creation thing and he was comfortable with that because he wasn't doing anything with the idea yeah And that's maybe another topic in of it. So, we worked on this idea for a while and we're really invested in it. And it's a heavy script. It's a great story. It's an amazing story, but it's heavy, right? Mm -hmm. And so, we're trying to get everything right. Kind of going back to your theme of like trying to, like your other stories that you're working on, we're trying to be perfect. And it needs to be this epic and it needs to be amazing. And there it needs to be moving you and it needs to be Oscar worthy or Eisner worthy Mm -hmm. uh, work. And it just goes a little bit slower because you are double checking everything, and you are you are making sure all the boxes are lined up, and every only everything has to be perfect, mm-hmm. right? It just has to be perfect. And while we're working on it, I realized uh, I am like, hey, you know what? And we're we're making good progress. Um, I was like, you know what? I know of a way uh, to that we should do is we should start getting our feet wet, talking to other people about comics by kind of setting them up with this small work Mm -hmm. to then talk about uh, with some other small work first before talking about this big epic thing that we want to do. You don't want to just, you know, kick in the door with, uh, unless you're Patrick Rothfuss who wrote one of my favorite novels ever, the name of the wind, unless you're Patrick Rothfuss and you write this 900, a thousand page book as your first book and you spend nine years doing it. Most of the people, as Jason's doing, a four-page thing, a six-page thing, a 20-page thing. Something smaller and lighter and digestible to kind of get people's appetites wet. And mm-hmm. we talked about that. And like, hey, you know, we've got this other cool idea. And we're doing this whole graphic novel, big thing, deep thing, uh, very, very emotionally engaging thing and very intense and drama. But mm-hmm. maybe we should do something light first just to get the ball rolling for both us creatively and for maybe to showing to people. And he's like, yeah, that's a great idea. And I said, and uh, I said to him, "Like, cool. Um, you go." And this is my exact words. I said, "Go diarrhea out a script for me uh, tonight, and then tomorrow we'll just work on it, and then we'll just get something done quick and done in a couple weeks, mm-hmm. right?" He's like, "Cool." So he comes back to me and gives me the script two days later, three days later. It was very quick, and he had nine pages of a script. Now, not nine pages of comic script. He had nine pages of a screenplay. Or, I don't even know if it was a screenplay. Mm, yes, it was a screenplay. And there was barely, there was no dialogue. Uh, it was all just shots and action. And I read through these nine pages, and it's dense. It's in, And I'm like, wow, this is actually a really cool story. It's kind of awesome. And it's a young adult kind of adventure thing. And there's more to the story, but I'll, I'll kind of breeze through it. But I'm like, cool, I'll just start working on this. So I started working on it, and I started penciling it and inking it on... Uh, comic backer board—is that what it's called, Jason? Uh, I believe so. Yes. Yeah. Those those things—if you're getting uh, going to a comic shop and you're getting a single issue, and you—they put it in a protective sleeve with a little board in there. Well, I was like, okay, cool. These boards are—they—they have a matte side on the back side that's uh, you know nice. It's got a little texture. I could pencil and ink on these and just do something quick, and it's already fairly formatted to the comics medium. So if I ever wanted to actually print it, there you go, or you know, publish it somewhere. And so we we work on it. And suddenly this diarrhea story, this quick, light, crazy story that was supposed to be this very short thing that meant nothing, we started loving it. I fucking loved that story. And that's where I've now done 40 pages of inks. It was supposed to be quick. It was supposed to be nothing. It was supposed to be this little thing. And it took over as the main project that we were working on Mm -hmm. uh, because there was freedom. And there wasn't, and not that the other project didn't have freedom. Of course it had freedom too, but there were just, there, the, um, the stakes weren't high. And so we just got to go in there and be explosive and fun. Mm-hmm. And it just, it could be ridiculous if it wanted to be. And it is ridiculous at some parts. Uh, and it's just a, I don't know if it's a better story. It's a completely different story. It's like comparing, you know, a drama to a comedy kind mm-hmm. of thing. You're like, why are we comparing these two things? Uh, they they have nothing in common the two stories that we're working on together. But every time we're talking about, uh, I patch McForce. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. Uh, I patch McForce. I'm like, Oh my God, this reminds me of when I did made Scary and scream forth. And when I worked on this other project where when you check your ego and you check like having, it needs to be this perfect, amazing thing. It only needs to be the best thing ever. And when that, when that goes out and you can have a project, that is just kind of fun. Not that yeah. everything has to be fun, because yours is probably hilarious, and Scary and Screamforth is a dramedy, more comedy. It depends on how you look at it, but there's heavy comedy elements mixed in there, whether they're coming to the surface or not, uh, with Scary and Screamforth. And then definitely for the other one, it's just supposed to be light, fun, dramedy stuff, and it seems like that's probably all the things, yeah. mostly comedy. And for us, it's... Uh, for me it's my best work and it's my finished work because I didn't feel the pressure. And then it turned out in the process of that first spark and then getting it done, that that process of it ended up bringing the polish along the way that you think about when you're at the beginning and you're, you know, page one blank page you're like, okay, this only needs to be the best thing ever. Uh, when you're working on a project and you're putting hours and hours and hours and into it, 40 hours, a hundred hours, 500 hours, you're going to add polish naturally. Yeah. And it feels like you are already doing that to yours, whether it's, you know, the hundred hours. I'm talking about, because I'm thinking of like a graphic novel length, but um, I think that when you have that explosive energy, that's where one of my favorite artists, Scotty Young, Mm -hmm. his, his uh, pencil slash uh, layouts are like super loose because he wants to capture that energy.
0: Yeah. And that's, I mean that's exactly how I was how I was approaching this and that's that's always how I approach you know doing pencils and layouts. I mean I like my basically w- w- it, when I'm like laying out a page, um, at least now I, I lay out in kind of thumbnail size, right? Like I, I will do my breakdown and layouts kind of at, at the same time. Uh, so smart to do it that size, because then you can invest exactly. And so then when I get to the pencils. You know my pencils are also pretty loose you know they're they're a little blocky and and it's more just like kind of you know it's it's like a bit more than basic that geometric cool. shapes com. you know and sort of just like you the little know. the lines for where your eyes and and mouth are gonna be and like a crude rendition of like what you know like for your main character or whatever what their face looks like um you know but but it's more just for the shapes and the silhouette and stuff like that and i the biggest reason I do that is yeah i a i wanna preserve. Uh, the energy but also be like i i also want to preserve the spontaneity of the inks you know i want to be able to uh to still flesh it out more with the inks i don't want to just like do with the same drawing twice you know what i mean um because i think that's a yeah. e- that's a a big way to make inking just like this laborious boring process you know is just like to be like okay now i'm just going to trace over the same thing um and especially at least for me, like, since I'm inking digitally, I think that makes inking even more tough just because you, you, you end up starting to, like, really, you know, like, guide the line. And when, you, when you're when you on, like, a tablet screen or whatever, if you're taking that line really, really slow, it starts to get kind of, like, squiggly and weird and it loses a bit of the... It gets chunky, yeah. It gets chunky and, like, you lose kind of the variation in the line width that you get when you're able to, like, move a bit quicker. Um you know, I, uh, I don't know. I, 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 like that process. Cause I, cause I do also like being able to be like, yeah, like I can, I can pencil, you know, I could pencil three, four pages in a day. Um, and they are to me very adequate pencils. Like they're exactly what I need for inking. And I could, you know, ink another probably two or three pages in a day as well. Um, based off of that foundation, because there's not too much information that's not there in the pencils, you know, other than just like basically filling in the gaps. Uh, at the at the moment for the
1: for the listeners, Jason and I are definitely heavily, if not 100, percent subscribing to the philosophy of it just matters about the finished product and less about having uh, an original traditional board of a page to sell, resell, or something. It's just you yeah, know, let's just get it done.
0: And 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 also, I mean, to be per- to be perfectly honest, I do hope that uh, at some point in the future. Hopefully, in the near future, that I am able to, you know, make the investment in getting a full, like, you know, art desk and boards and you know, ink and all those tools and stuff like that. I think my pencils will probably always be digital, um, just because I, you know, I, being able to resize and do all that stuff is is you know an invaluable part of the process. I think, but I would love to to start inking traditionally. Um, you know, and basically just light boxing my digital pencils to to ink over um traditionally and then import them back into color uh or do what fucking Michelle Fife does and and do all of it traditional um jeez no no, thank you yeah um, <laughs> like so being able to color traditional is crazy um yeah, you know oh but it, that would be something that I would love to do, and I think you know the thing that I would really like to do is is kind of have a hybrid right like if if I want to to start selling original art and stuff like that. You know, you might as well do, let's say, you know, you do five pages an issue traditionally, you know, or even less or something like that. So you still have that original art that that you're doing, um, you know, and stuff that you can sort of put out there and sell or whatever or keep if if you want to collect it like uh, Chris Somney does. But, um, you know, it's it's I don't know. but, But that being said, regardless, digitally, and I think that's the best part about, you know, making comics digitally is, you know, in terms of the ongoing investment of it being able to make your comics digitally is pretty cheap, you know, like most, yeah, most people now have some device that can do some form of, of, you know, creating digital comics, whether it be on really cheap software or really cheap hardware, you know, you can draw on your phone, you know, like it's, it's very accessible. If you were
1: push comes to shove. Yeah, you could fucking do that. You could draw on a fucking napkin if you wanted to. So definitely could draw on your phone.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, and so anyway, all that being said, you know, I think preserving the energy is always very important, especially foundationally it's like yeah when you're when you're inking, you know you can be a little bit more methodical the same way as when you're revising a script, you can be a little bit more methodical, but when you're just because I, I essentially look at them as very similar processes, you know, like for, for yeah, that's
1: a, kind of connecting the, the writing to the, mm. the illustrating part. Um, I feel like we're talking, using the same language and the same concepts.
0: Yeah. I mean, when I do an outline, you know, for, for a script, right? Like that's pretty much the same as just doing like breakdowns and, and layouts, right? Like that's kind of the same thing. Uh, and then when I start scripting, you know, that's kind of the same as doing your pencils. And then the revisions are kind of the same as doing your inks. Like, they line up pretty well, you know, and then your final dialogue revision, or or even you could say the lettering is similar to the colors. Um, you know, whatever way you want to kind of break down the last couple parts of that, they're, they're very similar in their foundations and anything you can do to preserve the energy of the foundation of whether it be, you know, the script or the pencils, whatever that is, I think preserving that energy is always good. And then, you know, you sort of go back in with the, uh, with the pick and hammer and, and kind of, you know, shape it into what you really want it to be. But, you know, the, the, nothing is worse than a blank page. So anything you can do to just push through that, uh, you know, is, is always beneficial.
1: I'm getting stoked to, to work on anything, something, (laughs) just put my hands on something and just, you know, get it out there, Yeah, whatever it is. Um, Um,
0: it's awesome to hear how much you've gotten done uh yeah so i mean by the time you guys are listening to this uh you know you should be able to i'm probably going to be posting it on instagram um but if not it'll be on our website or i'll at least have links to it so check my i don't know check my twitter check my instagram um all that stuff uh my instagram is a white kid and my twitter is that might be cool Um, how do you
1: see yourself um not that it has to be you know I, i love i love an open discussion and it should never nothing should be truly written in stone but uh, where do you see yourself posting this? Do you see like you doing on your own website? Do you see like what I did, Webtoon, or just doing an Instagram exclusive thing, or
0: what are you thinking? I'm not sure. Um, I think I will. I will definitely be posting it on Instagram and Twitter. Um, if if I if I start to do, and I think it's very likely at this point that I do more four, five, six page comics. Um, if I start to do that more and more, then I will probably do maybe a webtoon page um is that would probably be where i go um uh, but there are there are other options out there that i would probably explore i mean instagram is definitely a big one um you I've know seen I've, a lot of comics coming through instagram now it's growing yeah and i mean you know maybe i maybe i'm shooting myself in the foot by uh illustrating this comic in 11 by 17 format and who knows maybe Maybe again yep. by the time you uh, by the time you hear this, maybe I will have uh, changed the the page size that i that I'm doing or changed the aspect ratio to to be more befitting to instagram um, but i because I do think that Instagram' is a very um, lucrative community I think it's a very positive community, and I think the comic stuff that's coming out of Instagram lately has been amazing um, and so i I may end up doing that I may end up just adjusting uh the sort of uh, aspect ratio i guess of of these pages and and kind of widening some panels and stuff which honestly i could benefit from Um, but we'll see we'll see (laughs) fuck yeah man um i think it is uh time to wrap up so uh what we will uh, i agree the first thing to to wrap up with is our recommended resource of the week
1: yes Mm, your turn or my turn
0: um, I mean, it, I think it's your turn technically, but I, I will be glad to uh, give one. I do have one ready. Okay, cool. Uh, I don't have one ready, and it's definitely my turn. Jason, take my turn. <laughs> What's our recommended resource of the week? Uh, recommended resource of the week is 101 Things I Learned in Film School. Uh, this is a uh, an interesting book by Neil Landau and Matthew Frederick. Um, and as the title says, it is 101 Things This Guy Learned in Film School. Um, it is... What's really cool about it is it's basically for almost every, uh, th- every bullet point. It is one page with like a short paragraph-long explanation of the lesson, and then Ooh, it's- So it's digestible. What was that? It was very digestible, it sounds like. Very digestible. Um, and with every page explanation on the uh, opposite page, it has you know, or at least with most of-, most of these, it has an illustration of what they're talking about. Um, Wow. Look, I, for the
1: uh, hard to focus on people, things, words, and stuff, mm-hmm. I it sounds good because I have a hard time focusing sometimes on kind of textbook stuff.
0: Yeah, it's it's incredibly digestible. It's literally the, the maximum that it fills up is one page uh, of text for, for every concept. But these pages are like very small. Um, you know, it's because it's, it's a book that you can like fit in the palm of your hand. It's a... Um, it's like the same aspect ratio as like kind of a a TV show. Um, and it's literally, the book is as big around as my hand. Um, it's, it's tiny, tiny little book. Um, and the text is not, you know, tiny or anything like that. The text is pretty big. So it's, it's crazy digestible. Um, but this, this has been a great, uh, tool for me because it talks about, you know, the visuals of, of storytelling as well as writing. Um, and so it's it's helpful in every aspect. You know, there are like, there are definitely some tips in here that are you know exclusive to like film and television. Um, I'd happen. say eighty percent of the things in here can be applied to any form of visual storytelling. Wow. Okay. So I was gonna say, I'm like, oh, another film book.
1: Uh, I'm skeptical, but <laughs> Jason's bringing it up, so I'm sold. That's a good one. Yeah.
0: Especially the digestible part and the eighty percent. Uh, sounds really good. Uh, title and author one more time. It is uh 101 Things I Learned in Film School by Neil Landau and Matthew Frederick. Um, here's I'll, I'll give you an example. This is a this is a full page. This is a uh, thing number 80, uh, titled "Burn Your Characters' Bridges." Uh, and here's here's the entire description. Very digestible. It's almost always stronger dramatically to prevent your characters from returning comfortably to their ordinary worlds. Limit their options so they may remain trapped in the central dilemma. And their only real course is to keep forging into the unknown. Hmm. Boom. There's, there's wow, a full, that's really there's a fucking good. For you. That's
1: a great idea. I need to stop yeah. cursing on this episode. But yes, that's a great idea.
0: Yeah, I, I really so what I've the, the approach I've taken with this um, with this book has been you know I'll pull it out. I, I for a while I was trying to pull it out once a day and I just haven't been able to keep up with that. but I, I will pull it out and time I pull it out, I will focus on one page and really whether it be in illustration or in writing or just studying what that means. you know kind of dissecting what that page is talking about and really ingesting it um, so that I can fully learn a lesson from just that bit of, of knowledge. Um, so I, I recommend it it's a super like just a quick reference but s- every page has so much packed into it
1: man uh so, that, that's i think that's an amazing uh, resource that you just yeah, recommended man.
0: so 101 yeah. things i learned in film school um anyway nailed it that is nailed it. it it for this episode we'd like to thank ed brisson for joining the show uh we'd Thanks, like to ed. thank you so much ed we'd like to thank sean rosner for the music on the show can't work can they find sean
1: sean uh sean rosner you can find his work and instagram at rosner.art.music and then check out his album burn away defy the night mm-hmm. i love his music it's great and obviously you hear it too
0: can't are there any new uh itunes
1: reviews uh yeah let me get those pulled up uh i think we just got a new one uh yeah we got a uh, matt dolly co-creator at sensational comics uh, i uh, think that's actually a sensual comics Sens oh oh all right I've got sensual comics
0: here. <laughs>
1: you are right. Thank you for the correction. <laughs> uh, it's, here's what we got here. Sensual comics. Uh, it's uh, Brendan, Natalie, and I love listening to your podcast and follow you guys on Instagram as well. Well, appreciate that already. Thank you very thank much you. for the follow. Uh, yeah, thank you, thank you. Uh, you guys have amazing advice. Uh, we thank you so much for what you guys do. Uh, we should have issues ready to release mid twenty nineteen with the sensational adventures of the French Tickler and the Spanish Fly. Wow, uh, this uh, you know what? it. It takes uh, different strokes.
0: <laughs> different strokes for different folks. I love it. Uh, uh, thank you very I mean, much. We really to, appreciate it. Yeah, thank you very much. I was much trying to, to make uh, a strokes
1: <laughs> joke, but you didn't fall for it. So uh, no.
0: Okay. yes yeah, so uh, <laughs> i'm I, I i've seen their instagram before uh they they've got a, a really good instagram um and some some pretty like great artwork i've only seen little bits and pieces of uh you know of what they've been teasing for uh the uh sensational adventures of the french tickler and the spanish fly um but i'm very curious to see uh what it is that they uh that they gonna be putting out um Appreciate it, Matt Dolly. Uh, thank you for the review. It was five stars.
1: and uh, It doesn't have to be five stars, but if you've got a review for us, uh, put it up on iTunes or anywhere else. But iTunes is the best place for us, for visibility-wise, for us to be able to see it. Yeah. And uh, let us know what you think. We'll read any star level.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll read whatever your reviews are. If, if uh, And please, no one take that as an invite to give us a one-star review if you don't actually think we're a one-star podcast. Uh, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll read whatever reviews there are. And thank you very much, uh, Matt, for writing the review. And thanks to uh, Brendan and Natalie for listening as well. Um, thank you so much. As long as they're not hateful, we'll read it. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, let's uh, also give our shout-outs to uh, the, the patrons uh, on uh, Patreon who are supporting our show. Who, who's who's uh, who's on the patron list this month, Kent? All righty, yeah. So this is a shout-out to the $3 levels for our Patreon,
1: and it's uh, Melody Mew, our oldest Patreon subscriber. The oldest and by
0: longest living. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> followed by uh,
1: Pat Scott. Pat! Sharks with Jobs. Jobs Sharks. Comics Group. And going to mispronounce pronounce this one, Jor- uh, Jordan Southhoff?
0: No. Southhoff. South off. South off!
1: Thank you so much, patrons. We do appreciate you helping fund this endeavor of ours. Uh, The money does go to uh, helping this
0: get down. Absolutely. In fact, uh, pretty soon we'll be going to WonderCon, and uh, that that patron money is going to be uh, helping us, uh, A, get down there, and B, uh, pay for uh, some meals while we're down there, so that way we can actually have some food to eat while we're uh, out there, you know, tranching through the meadows uh, to get these uh, lovely interviews like the one that you heard today with uh, Ed Brisson. Is tranching a word? No, tranche tranche is a is a banking term. Trin- <laughs> I guess that's relevant. Sure, why I'm not? Talking about money. I guess we are talking about money. We always talk about money. You know what I mean? Ugh. What's
1: the dollars? The how dollars. much is this gonna cost?
0: How much print are we, it send it to print? How much are we gonna nah. squeeze them for? Um, What's the headline? <laughs> Uh, and make sure uh, if, you, if you like the show, make sure you're uh, following us on social media. Um, our Instagram tends to be the most popular place, at uh, TMBC Workshop. Uh, but you can also follow our Twitter. We do tend to retweet like, creators when they're giving advice or they have cool kind of like in-depth process stuff. Um, so our Twitter, we haven't done too much there, but uh, that will be a consistent place that we're sharing a lot of um, insight uh, from creators. So make sure you follow us on Twitter as well, at TMBC Workshop. Um, and let your friends Jason. know about the show. Uh, we yeah. always appreciate it. If if you have a friend who who you know this might be up their alley, make sure you let them know to take a listen. Word of mouth, yeah, it goes and a long way. We we really appreciate the
1: the plugs you guys have been doing for us. Hell yeah! Uh, so Jason, where can they find you on social media? Oh,
0: you can find me on Instagram at a white kid. That's where I share a lot of my doodles. Um, in fact, uh, as of this very episode, uh, what you can find on my Instagram at a white kid is uh, the comic that I talked about, uh, Boat Hard um i actually after recording this episode because we recorded that as you probably heard we talked about recording it in october uh (laughs) i i almost finished the comic i did like basically everything in the span of a week except for like drawing the last page and then coloring um and at first i colored it in like this muted palette that was like basically grayscale. but then it was uh i liked it with like a little splash of red i liked it too but i wasn't in love with it um so then I kind of retooled it and recolored it and did a bunch of other. So stuff. So you went on a couple of dates with it, but you're not gonna <laughs> settle down with it. Exactly. Yeah, I wasn't gonna settle down and make any plans. Uh, but then I retooled it and recolored, um, and uh, then had to reformat it for Instagram so that every panel could be its own little uh, picture in a in an, an image. Um, but uh, yeah, if you go to a white kid on Instagram, you can check out Boat Hard, that very comic that we were talking about today. Kent, where can they find you? C- congrats on social media? for finishing your your four pager, by the way. Oh, thank you so much. Appreciate it
1: absolutely uh they can find me at Ken Heidelman on all the social medias but Instagram is definitely the best one and it's it's a bunch of my art uh you can see character designs that sort of thing uh Hell so yeah. keep an eye out for new stuff's coming out
0: I love it I love it let's uh send this one off into the ocean by uh letting Ed Brisson tell us why he loves comics
2: oh man I always hate this question <laughs> I, cause I just I it's so hard to think like I love I just love comics I've always loved comics I grew up reading comics um I don't know. There's just uh, something about that interplay between art a- a- and the writing. And I think that, you know, um, just visually there's so much interesting stuff that you can do with comics that you can't really pull off in any other medium. And, uh, you know, I really like trying to... You know, for what I'm reading, I like it when when I'm being challenged and uh, when when the, the artist is doing um, just crazy interesting stuff. Uh, like, the one I think about a lot is... Um, uh, Matt Kent and uh, Marco Rudy did uh, that Spider-Man, that Marvel Knights Spider-Man thing, where Spider-Man's high yeah. for five issues. Which, if you want to see what comics can do, just go back and look at that series. So brilliant, you can never pull that off in film. You couldn't pull that off, I think, in any other medium. Yeah. And uh, and I love comics for that, just being able to like sort of push uh, push visual art uh, and still tell a story. Absolutely.